Let's wholesale real estate. We're gonna wholesale real estate. If you wanna wholesale real estate, then you are in the right place. You don't need no money, you don't need no credit. It's so simple that anyone can get it. Luke's gonna teach you just how to get started. All you have to do is learn and apply it. You are in the right place. You're gonna wholesale real estate. You're gonna wholesale real estate. So let's get started. Welcome one, welcome all to the School of Wholesaling. I am your host, Luke Madeus, and I am super pumped up to be talking about visiting the property and negotiating the deal. But remember, before you visit a property, you want to analyze the property. You want to take a look at what you're going to look at. You want to look at the numbers. You want to look at the market. And you also, also, also want to know your seller motivation. So if you haven't heard the first two previous podcasts, seller motivation, podcast number three and podcast number four, uh, going over the numbers, how to analyze the numbers, please take a listen because this is episode number five and we're going to be discussing visiting the property, and negotiating the deal, okay? Visiting the property and negotiating the deal. So let's get started. Okay, so the first thing you want to do, remember on episode, I believe it was episode three, we talked a little bit about uh, what information to collect from the seller and how to identify seller motivation, this would be the time where you would ultimately be setting up your appointment. The analyzation kind of happens after that phone call and then you go to the appointment. Uh, But when you set up the appointment, remember, you always want to visit every property that is free and clear because there is more room for negotiation there. And any property that is over leveraged, you may not want to go to because there is really nothing you can really do with them in this stage of wholesaling, okay? Um, So let's talk about going to the property. Let's go, let's talk about doing the walkthrough, okay? You remember on our last episode, episode four, analyzing the the numbers, we talked about the repairs. We said on that podcast that we don't really know what the repairs are until we see the house. We don't really know, okay? We don't really know whether or not the house is going to need a new roof. We don't really know whether or not the house is going to need a new AC unit. We don't even know if that house is going to need new cosmetic flooring or kitchen cosmetics. We have no idea. We've never seen the house, okay? So, we want to do a walkthrough. And what I like to let my sellers know as well is, you know, uh, listen, we, we, we need to walk through the house, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. We need to know what we're buying before we buy it. We, you know, because there's the reason why I'm bringing this up as well is because you actually get some sellers, you actually get some sellers who call and they want you to give an offer on the spot. They want you to give an offer the minute they call in. And it's just unrealistic. I cannot give you an offer on your property without first seeing your property. That's like giving somebody an offer on a used car, but you've never seen the car. Okay. And, and, and I let the sellers know just like that. And don't be afraid to just, you know, be confident. Be confident. You are the professional here. You are the professional. They're calling you because they have a pain point. They need to sell their house and you need to walk them through that and you're going to help them be able to do that. So don't be afraid to be confident. Be confident. Be confident. But also be knowledgeable and confident. Okay. That's how you get contracts. Knowledgeable, 
being knowledgeable, being confident, and also being on their side. Forming rapport gets you contracts. Okay, so I know this is not this this podcast isn't really all about that today, but I wanted to touch touch on that because a lot of newbies have trouble with that. Okay, so. Doing the walkthrough. Let's say you got the appointment set up. You talk to the uh, you talk to your seller. The property is free and clear, so you're good to go there. The seller is motivated. You're good to go there. The seller needs to sell their house ASAP because they're too old or too elderly to be able to to take care of the property. Okay, and if I have a lot, if I have some older listeners, I don't mean to offend anyone, but you know, you have, you do have quite a few sellers who sell their property because they are getting elderly, and it's just too much for them to to take care of, and they want to move on with their lives and maybe go to a home or maybe just downsize. So you're gonna see that quite a lot. If you have a seller that's motivated, whether it's for that reason or for some other financial reason, maybe they just need the money and it's an extra property they have lying around. Apps. Uh, they're an absentee and the property's vacant, whichever the matter, you know that they are motivated. So you are going to go to this property. You are going to go check this property out, okay? And what you're going to be doing, and let your sellers know this as well. Excuse me, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, uh, just, just so you know as well, be, before I can give you your offer, because my offer is is based upon the current market of values and sales within your area as well as the condition of your property, I need to be able to see the property before I can give you an offer, okay? And that just sort of diffuses that question and, and, and helps them be able to cooperate with you so you can get to that appointment and ultimately give them their offer that they're looking for, okay? So let's talk about going to the appointment. First of all, I, I feel like this is probably self-explanatory, but show up on time, build good rapport, you know, sellers love to see that. Sellers love to see that. I know it may sound like something that's common sense, but the reason why I say it is because I've actually had a seller that was so shocked and so happy at the same time to know that I literally came the same day and I was like 10 minutes early. Like she loved it. You know, she was just she was just like in awe and I couldn't believe it. You know, it made me think, you know, there's probably a lot of other wholesalers or a lot of other real estate professionals that she's probably dealt with that either, you know, either when it came time for the appointment, they probably scheduled something days and days and days out. Or maybe when it came time for the actual scheduled appointment, they just didn't show up in time. So I just feel like I needed to say that because it is something that the sellers really like. And another thing, too, uh, as far as when to schedule your appointments, guys and gals, schedule your appointments as soon as you possibly can, okay? Sellers love that. They're, they are going with, with investor buyers or cash buyers because they want a quick sale. So imagine how they feel when they actually get a quick response. <laughs> they love it, okay? So as fast as they can, excuse me, as fast as they can. So if they can, if they can show you the house tomorrow, go there tomorrow. If they can show you the house the same day, go there the same day. And especially because there's other competition out there, guys, you don't want to be slow about this because again, if that seller wants to sell the property, they're going to sell it to somebody. So it might as well be you. And it probably will be you if you're the first person there. A lot of sellers don't want to walk around looking for multiple offers. Okay. 
A lot of them, especially the ones that are motivated, again, our target is motivated sellers. Motivated sellers don't want to go around shopping for bids. They want to get what they're comfortable with getting and, and just settling there, okay? So if you're the first one in line and you can offer them what they're looking for, you have got the deal. You have got the deal. No competition. So always be first, always be on time, always have great rapport, and always, 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 always do it for the client, okay? And trust me, you are going to lock down great, uh, and a great, an abundance of deals just with those few principles, okay? So let's say you get to the house and you are performing your walkthrough. What is it that you want to focus on? What is it that you want to focus on? Of course, you want to focus on the property. You definitely want to have your attention on the property. You want to be able to see what sorts of repairs the property needs. Does it need a new roof? Does it need, does it need an AC unit? Do I need to do the flooring? Do I need to redo the carpet? Uh, is, is the bathroom okay? Do I need to redo the whole bathroom or can I reglaze the bathroom? You want to put your mind frame in the same mind frame as an investor uh, buyer, whether it's a flipper or it is a, uh, a, a buy and hold investor, you want to kind of think like they do because, again, these are going to be the people, the, the buyers that you're going to be selling this property to anyways, okay? So you definitely want to pay attention to the property. If you're dealing with uh, wood frame houses, if you're dealing with wood frame houses, Check for termites, 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 termites. I had a property one time that had termites and I got the house literally for $8,000, $8,000, all because the property had termites, all because the property had termites and the sellers just, you know, they didn't want to deal with it. They, they actually had the property tenanted like three times. And if, if, if you've ever tenanted a property with termites, it can be expensive. And the termites can sometimes come back if it's not done properly. And that was their case. The termites came back. There were termites along the side of the uh, along the side of the house, rotting up the wood, eating up the wood, and they ended up giving me a giving me the property for eight thousand dollars, which was nothing. That's practically that that was actually less than the price of the actual land itself. So I got I've got a whole house, and house was like twenty two hundred square feet. It was like a four four bedroom. Uh, Three bathroom house, okay, and it was in Sanford, Florida. I'll never forget it. Eight thousand dollars, and I had a buyer come by wanting to pay me a cash twenty. Uh, I'm sorry, eighteen thousand dollars, and I made ten grand in less than thirty days. And you know, termites. <laughs> so, so just something to keep in mind. Uh, just something to keep in mind. If you have a wood frame house, check for termites and be sure to include that into your repair estimates, your repair cost, okay? If you got a black, I mean, sorry, if you got a block home, if you got a block home, that is something that you don't have to really be worried about there. You can still see termites in some homes that have uh, that have a wooden trusses. A lot of the flat homes, a lot of the older style homes like 1945, 1950, 1952, some of those may have termites, but it's not really a common thing. That's not really a common thing. So, just something to consider, okay, with the wooden houses. Now, you want to look at the property and you want to look at the roof. You want to look at all of the mechanics, the electric, the electrical, the uh, the plumbing. You want to turn turn the water on, turn the water off. Check beneath the the uh, the the uh, the cabinets. Look to, look at the piping. Does it have plastic piping? Does it have PVCP piping? Uh, does it have a copper piping? You want to look at that. How corroded does the piping? 
Does the piping look? How old is the piping? Ask the seller. A lot of times, if the seller has owned the property for a very long time, they know this information. They know the last time that the plumbing was changed. They know the last time the roof was done. They know the last time the electrical was updated. Okay, with a lot of older houses, you have to be thorough. You have to be thorough. Okay, so you want to do a full walkthrough, walkthrough through the house. Okay, if the house is outdated, meaning that if you look at the kitchen and it looks like or it feels like you're back in the 70s, the kitchen needs to be updated. The house needs to be updated. Uh, you, you're probably going to need to put new counters into the property. You're probably going to need to put new appliances into the property. A wall might need to get taken down. Like, put yourself in the mind of a flipper. A, a, a good thing to do, too, is to, before going to the property, look at the look at the top sales. You remember on the last podcast, we talked about finding comps. Look at the top sales. Look at those top sales. Look at to see how those properties look like. Okay, look to see what was done in those properties and just kind of put yourself in a mind frame. Okay, if this property needed to resell right now in the market, this house would need to look just as good as those houses, if not better. Okay, so you want to kind of take a note of every single thing that would need to be done to that property to get it to that ARV uh, uh, ARV, uh, stage. Okay, that stage of selling on the market. Okay, so when you do your walkthrough, you want to pension. Pay attention to the to the condition of the home and and uh, and also another thing too, you can get yourself a repair cost sheet, which I highly recommend, and it's just a simple little sheet that has uh, just basic things to to look for, so you can calculate all your repair costs and kind of have a rough estimate upon how much the repair cost is going to be. If you have a, a background and, and contractor's experience, obviously you'll be able to look at things and see what needs to be done. If you know a contractor that's your best friend who's willing to do you a solid or somebody that you could probably give maybe maybe 50 bucks to to just come through and just to kind of give you numbers on a house, utilize that. You, If you can have a professional or expert advice on anything, always seek expert help. Always, okay, and this can really help as well for one or two, for one and two things. For one, you're getting a very, 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 very accurate number. For two, you can utilize expert help to negotiate your deals, okay? So, for instance, if you go to your seller and you say, Well, uh, Mr. Mrs. Seller, I walked through the property, you know, by the looks of things, we need to do a roof here, we need to update your kitchen, we need to update your bath. This is going to be about a $25,000 job. Now, if you say that, okay, it's a $25,000 job, the seller's going to look at you and be like, okay, well, you know, if, if, if they're really ready to go, they may not mind it, but a seller that got a little bit more time on their hands, they're not just going to be convinced by you just saying, oh, this house is going to need $25,000, especially, especially when a lot of sellers believe their house doesn't need that much work anyways. What, what you see as $25,000 to them may only be $5,000 worth of work, okay? So having that expert help like a contractor is actually going to give you a lot of leverage because now you have a third party, a, a licensed contractor coming to their property and they're t- and they can tell them, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that, and you need to do that, and it's going to cost about $25,000. And trust me, that, that holds a whole lot more weight than you saying it, okay? So just something to keep in mind. If you can have an expert contractor come give you a hand with this, I highly suggest you do that. Now, if you can't, if, if you don't have access to one, that's okay. Don't get scared. Don't buckle up. Still go through the property. Use that repair estimate sheet and and estimate your costs and come up with your mayo. Okay, come up with your mayo. Another thing 
to focus on while you're visiting properties, okay? While you're visiting properties, this is going to help you negotiate the deal, okay? Focus on rapport. Build rapport. Look through the home. Look to see around the house if there's anything that you can start a conversation about. Hey, I noticed I noticed that uh, one of my clients, I noticed that my clients had a boat outside of their house. Hey, Mr. Seller, you like boating? Oh, well, what kind of boat is that? Is that a fishing boat or is that a speed boat? I, I don't know nothing about boats, by the way. Guys, I have no idea uh, anything about boats. I've never been fishing a day in my life, but I'm creating conversation. And you know, you don't got to be dishonest with, with your sellers either. Be honest. Be you. Talk about things you like to talk about. But I was interested in learning how to fish. I don't know how to fish. So that was kind of my that was kind of my leeway with the conversation okay so i was speaking with with the seller uh you know about the boat you know uh, is that he told me that was a fishing boat i said hey mr seller it'd be cool if if we went fishing i never learned how to fish and you know the seller really liked that he, the seller really really liked that it was more of a personal conversation it was it was it it it, it brings the seller's wall down. Instead of them looking at you as just somebody, a stranger looking to buy their home, they can look at you as somebody who cares about them, somebody who's a friend, somebody they could just be, you know, open with, you know? So that is actually to get you the contract over other over your other competitors in the market who are trying to get the same property under contract, okay? People sell or buy things from people they know and trust. So by building rapport, you're building that sort of connection with your seller, which is important to have, okay? So focus on rapport. Another thing to focus on is their pain point. Remember their pain point? This seller wants to sell their property because they're just getting too old to take care of it. The property needs work. They can't keep up with it no more. They want to downsize. You know, revisit that. Hey, Mr. Seller, I know that you're really looking to downsize, and I'm really hoping that we can work out something between you and I so that way you can be able to do that. The ultimate goal at the end of the day is for you to be able to downsize, right? Okay, so let's work something out. You know, and you can use you can use that as well in your negotiation, okay? Now, after you look through the property, you get your repair costs, you, what you want to do, and here's what I do, I always give my properties in person, if the, if the seller's hot, now feel out your seller, if they're hot, meaning they're ready to go right now, they, they, they seem like, you know, yeah, I want to sell this property like today, like today, like today. You want to give the you want to give your offer today. Now, if your seller is in no rush whatsoever, they don't even seem interested, or they or they don't even seem like they really care about this situation. They're just kind of showing you the house. You know, you don't have to provide your offer right away. You can take it home and give it to them in 24 hours. I still suggest providing your offer in person because you're able to, because there's just a whole lot more power that comes with giving offers in person. And not only that, but you can leave them with the offer so they have something physical to look at in case they change their mind and want to sign the documentation. It's already there, okay? So just another thing, always give your property, always give your offers in person person while you're at the house. Now, when it comes time to calculate your numbers, if you want to, you can let your sellers know. And this is what I do. I let my sellers know. I'm just going to take a step uh, to the side. I'm going to go in my car, just kind of go over the numbers and take a look at the pictures. I'm going to talk to my contractor in the car and just kind of get an idea of what it will cost to uh, to, to get your property where it needs to be so it, it, it's ready for the market. And then when I'm after I finish doing that, I go back in and I provide my offer. So you guys can do that too. Just, you know, be yourself and be confident. You're the professional. The seller looks at you as the professional. They expect you to know your numbers. So know your numbers and provide your offers with confidence. 
okay? And then when it's time to give the offer, you can try and negotiate the deal. So let's say you provide your offer and Mr. and Mrs. Seller says, uh, nah, I can't really do that. That's a little too low. That's okay. Okay, that's okay. If you offered a little bit below your mayo, which if you heard my last podcast, I talked about that. Don't be afraid to offer below your mayo because it, it, it is exactly for situations like this that I like to do that, okay? So, okay, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I know that, you know, you know, $50,000 doesn't work for you. I know you, you really need to be at 60. Well, you know, we're really not that far if you think about it. You know, what number would be good for you? Are you willing to come down just a little bit more to make it work? You know, I'm willing to, I'm willing to come up to make it work. Okay, so and then, of course, they can throw their counter offer to you or you could throw your counter offer to them. Okay, but you want to make sure in a negotiation process that after you give out your offer, you listen until they give their offer out. So you want it to be a give and take situation. So ultimately, what I'm saying is you don't want to give your offer of fifty thousand dollars out. And because they didn't accept it, because they didn't accept it, that you choose to now decide to give an offer of, you know, 65 or, or, excuse me. So let's say you have an offer of, of, of $50,000 and you provide your offer. And because the seller didn't accept your offer of 50,000, you give them an offer of 55,000. You don't want to do that. You want to wait until they either renegotiate you on another offer or if they say, listen, you know, this is just too low. Then you could just come to them and say, well, where do you need to be? Okay, and get their number. The whole point is after you give out your number, you want to get their number next before you d- decide to give out your next number. Okay, a good a good trick that I like to use is I like to meet them halfway if it makes sense. If the numbers still work, meeting halfway. Meaning if I'm at 50 and they're at 60, I like to say, okay, well, Mr. and Mr. Seller, how about we meet halfway at 55? If the number works for me at 55, I will lock it in at 55. Okay, guys? So just a couple of things to, to, to remember here. Um, when it comes to negotiating your deal, don't be afraid to negotiate. Your first offer doesn't mean that you're not going to get the deal. It just means that that number doesn't work for the seller. So you want to leave it. You want to leave them open and willing to negotiate. And if you built good rapport, they'll be willing to negotiate with you because they like you. Okay. So that's just something to keep in mind, guys. So that is pretty much all you have to do when you're visiting the property. Negotiate the deal. Look at what needs to be done. Get the repair estimate. It added into your uh, your mayo formula. Come up with your mayo, give your offer, and then negotiate. Okay, and then once you do that, if the seller agrees and accepts, sign a contract. Whip out your purchase and sell agreement, fill it out with the number that you agreed upon, and get it signed. And you have a contract under contract. You have a property under contract. Okay, guys, it is really that simple. So. The big key here is taking action and don't buckle up when giving your offer. Do not buckle up when giving your offer. My first offer, and it happens, okay? My first offer, I was so scared. I was so terrified to give my first offer. And I and, a, and I didn't get it. I didn't even get the offer. I didn't get the contract. And I'm not going to say it's because I wasn't because I was scared, but I know for a fact if I was more confident with that offer, I would have at least been able to negotiate that deal. Sellers can sense fear. Anybody can sense fear. Anybody can sense when you're nervous, okay? So be confident. You're the professional. You got this, okay? You got this. Okay? So 
we're going to end it right here. And uh, we're going to talk on our next podcast about what to do after your property is under contract, okay? And I'm going to touch a little bit about the purchase and sell contract, but we're going to focus mainly about what to do after you got the contract. What comes next, okay? So, Again, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. If you're brand new, welcome aboard. Subscribe too. Okay, I'm going to be giving out lots and lots and lots of more information. I love talking about real estate. I love talking about wholesaling. And this show is all about both put together. So if you want to do your first deal, you are in the right place and you will. Okay, so welcome to the School of Wholesaling. I will see you guys on the next show. Follow me on Instagram. Send me an email if you've got questions, and I will see you next time. Let's wholesale real estate. We're gonna wholesale real estate. If you wanna wholesale real estate, then you are in the right place. Thank you for listening to School of Wholesale with your host, Luke Madez. If you want more information, subscribe to this podcast as well as follow on Instagram at Luke Madez. L-U-C-M-A-D-E-U-S. And if you have any questions, send me an email at flippinglegendary at gmail.com. That is flippinglegendary at gmail.com. Let's wholesale real estate. We're going to wholesale real estate.